Tom Shea. I'm the co-founder of Agile Media Group. Uh, welcome to season one of Driving Performance. I'm joined by Chris Mead and Ron Shaw from CrossNet and Avi, respectively. CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball game. Uh, their signature four-net four is now available for volleyball, pickleball, soccer, and the pool. And Avi, the obvious choice for Women's Health Reimagined to actually taste delicious. Gentlemen, welcome to Driving Performance. Thanks for having awesome. us, awesome, man. Appreciate it. All right, so I want to start this show off how I'm going to start every show off and <laughs> ask you guys what the hell is going on here. So for the audio-only listeners, what's happening? In the middle of New York City, like, literally having people pass by in one of the most busiest areas in America. Yeah, I mean, and Chris has like, made at least friends. seven friends yeah. so far friends. in the hour that we've been waiting. Chris has sold at least 20 cross nights. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. We, Thanks for having us. You want some product? <laughs> Yo, come on, come in. <laughs> well, all right, Ron, Ron, Chris, first question for you guys. Um, do you know each other? How do you know each other? Is there a story there? So take us back. If and if it's Twitter, I mean it's Twitter. But it's Twitter. It's social media. Is it's, it Twitter? It's Twitter. I, actually, I, I met Chris. I think I attended one of his. So Chris throws like a dinner every week. Okay, and he just gets like facts. 50 founders together and like literally bringing our community closer and closer together. So I think I like literally got to be part of one of them. And then from there, he shares a lot of thoughts and is open to building in public, right. which is I think something that we embody a lot. Yeah. So um, I love it. Uh, yeah. I just didn't, I think it really had a similar mindset. Yeah, and, and the building public thing I think is part of why I put you guys together. That's something you guys yeah. both do so well. So we'll definitely get into that. but. Just to level set how this show is going to play out, obviously we're in a truck, which is, <laughs> is pretty on brand, uh, and there's going to be a few stops on our route. And stop one, the origin stories. Top two, some brand specific questions I prepared. Stop three, brand intersection questions, so thinking about like things you guys have in common, might have opposite takes on or the same take on. And then step four, or stop four, a segment we call the hot box, uh, and stop five, um, Oh, which is a bit more literal, but the end, and we'll wrap up there. So, <laughs> as I was preparing for this podcast, you, you know, it's clear, especially your father had a big influence on you, was an accountant, clearly molded in his image, at least in the beginning. And, you know, I grew up on Long Island, went to a school that was 50% Indian and Asian. I think it's, it's dangerous to ascribe stereotypes, but there's something about, like, that first-generation immigrant uh, mindset that, like, takes comfort in those very safe, secure opportunities and I know that's sort of how your journey started, but you know, you, you look at where you are now, you picked the, the opposite side of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah. Um, took not the so obvious side. <laughs> yeah, the not so obvious side. And um, really just like the riskiest side um, that you could pursue and, and you know, you're at the top of your game. So I'd love to just start at the beginning and talk through you know, the story of Ron and how that's all come together. Yeah, um, I think probably as like a typical South Asian uh, again, not to be stereotypical, but we were, I was supposed to be a doctor. Um, and, or I was supposed to be like super oriented into like accounting, which is where my dad's been. My dad's been at Ernst & Young for 30 years, right? Um, and, uh, and you so, won EY Entrepreneur of the Year, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah full circle. That's a pretty cool moment. <laughs> um, and it was, it was interesting because as I was going through high school, I took an intro to business class, got super interested, um, and I was like, okay, cool. I think I can go more the accounting route, okay? So um, I went to Bentley University um, with a full scholarship there to become an accountant and uh, worked at, uh, I did all my um, internships at Deloitte while I was there. So like fully on track, the big four CPA route 
Um, my dad was super, you know, involved in every part of that. And then I graduated college and I moved to New York. And um, I was living in a building in Jersey City. Um, and in that building at the penthouse level, um, it was, there was a company that was formulating there. And it was a company called Shreds. Um, and they also owned a company called Flavor God, which is a seasoning company, and Skinny.com, which is a weight loss tea company, okay? There's a guy named Arvin Law, he was starting these three companies um, and incubating them kind of in his house, okay? And there's a few employees and whatnot. Um, I met him in an elevator in that building. Um, and my roommate at the time, which is my co-founder today too, uh, we both lived together. Asher, That's Unkit. That's Unkit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys met both later. three co-founder teams yeah. with, with one that's just like oddly behind the scenes at yeah, all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Unkit for us. Um, so I met him in the elevator and I was like, oh, so whatever. I did a little bit of networking and he was like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm an accountant. I, I was working at Deloitte full time. Um, and this and that. He's like, oh, I'm looking for like finance stuff. Do you want to do some like side work? At this point, like I'm, I'm 20. Like right. about to turn 21, I'm like, you know what, why not? Like, let's do it. So explored it. Um, Ankit also was a designer and he was like, hey, I'm looking for some design work too for some of these companies. We had nothing to know about like D2C, e-com, anything. Right. This is when you had to post on Instagram and your post would come up first when you post it. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the best marketing, you would right. post a lot. So this guy was building that, engine, uh, like engineering that model there. So we started working there. Um, and then when I really liked enjoying working there, my I told my dad, I was like, I think I want to work here full time. They're giving me a job as a controller. So my dad, who was super involved, uh, he's like, I need to meet the founders. So he came to I my office. Uh, he came to dad that. Dad gets involved. Yeah, he got involved. <laughs> he met every founder there. There were three, three people in the C-suite. Um, Sean Dua, um, Armin Lal, and Ankur Garg. Did they ever tell you what their reaction was to dad just pulling up to the scene and being like, yeah, what's good here? Yeah, they, it was like, for them, they were like, anything can happen now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my dad met him and he was like, I'm going to hand you guys over my son, but like, you better like take care of him, you know? Like, this can't be something that you just... Yeah, so anyway, um, what's really cool there, it's, I think what I like really tailored the rest of my career is we had a, um, you, were, you were required to work two shifts. So everyone lived in the building who worked there, um, or, or they moved people into the building. We worked from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. You go home, shower, you come back at 9 p.m., and you work till about 2, 3 a.m., six days a week, your only day off is Saturday. But we Dude, were building a $100 million incubator there. Um, and so I'm thinking about it, you're 21, you don't have much going on in your life. Like, you're down to do it, you know? Right, and then right, right. like, we were in this ecosystem, we're building one of the fastest growing supplement brands. Does that exist? Are they still doing that? No, man, they- Can I um, hire anyone that's willing to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, but like, it, it ingrained our work ethic. Yeah. Um, what happened to the company? So the company, so Flavor God is, is still a, is, is a $50 million season company still. Shreds, um, they hired too fast, too much. They spent a lot of money. The good thing that they did is they paid us a lot of money. Right, yeah. like even when we were young, like because you were working so much. Yeah, well, but the dude, I mean, like, yeah. But the problem <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, twelve yeah. hour days. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, <laughs> the problem was they didn't understand that when you have a rocket ship growth, you're actually beating the fact that you have seasonality issues. Right, when you have rocket ship growth, nothing can really stop you. And then the first year where you start to plateau, you start feeling seasonality. Right. Supplement supplements have a very seasonality element to their business, right? Like is it from, skewed towards like New Year, New Me, or well, so New Year, New Me is rocket ship growth, right. but then from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day, people don't care, right? They're trying to have fun, they're trying to enjoy. Mm, that's fair. They've made their body, or they haven't. Yeah. Okay, and then <laughs> they'll try true. again. It's sort of like a cutoff. Yeah. It's a cutoff, right? <laughs> um, you've mentally are going to let loose, and then so 
They didn't see that you coming You played a lot of cross net. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you played a lot of cross net. Um, so anyway, um, was there for three and a half years. Uh, I met, obviously I met Ashwin there. He was working under me at that time. Um, myself, Ankit, and Ashwin, we were like a big part of the engine that grew those three companies. We basically left um, three and a half years later. And we basically said, all right, we feel like we've been here for 10 years. Right. Let's go do something else. We you were there for like seven if you did Yeah, the exactly. Math we did the math. <laughs> so we left uh, started a marketing agency from there called Ghost 3 Media, where we wanted, to, we wanted to start our own brand, but we felt like we needed to keep learning. Best way to keep learning is start a marketing agency because you can spend other people's money yeah. to keep learning. Um, so we spent a lot, of people, a lot of other people's money. Some of our best brands were like Venus de Flor, which is a luxury flower okay. company. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sparta Nutrition, yeah. Aloha. So we had some right. good names. We built them up. Um, and then 2019, we were like, all right, we're done building other people nine-figure brands. We have to start doing something on our own because we never took equity. Yeah. So we were just building people. And then as soon as our retainers got too expensive, oh, we can handle this. Yeah, for Right? Sure. So uh, that was when the birth of Avi came Nice. And uh, how did you land on the name Obvi? Yeah. So we knew we wanted to stay in supplements because it's like what we knew best. We right. knew we wanted to sell to women because they're the easiest to sell to in our market. So we have like demo figured out. Then we wanted to know we have to be disruptive. So we're like collagen has space to be disruptive. Whey protein and pre-workout doesn't, right? You can't do much yeah, more to a pre-workout. pretty crowded. It's done. Yeah. It's, there's, there's only so much more you can do to it. And there's only so much more caffeine you can add to a pre-workout, right? So we're like, all right, collagen is cool because it sits in Nutra Cosmetic, which is cosmetic benefits through nutrition. It kind of lives in health and beauty. Right. So we're like, all right, cool. Collagen seems really boring because it's unflavored, odorless powder, right. high vital proteins. And we're like, wait, we confirm? can be disruptive. Um, to, yeah, smell it. Smells like chocolate covered <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> um, so yeah, then uh, Ankit was watching. So we had the, we had we knew the product, we knew the the, the target market, everything. And then Ankit, um, he likes to get baked and like watch movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Same. and uh, yeah, and he's like super creative, right. right? He was actually top twenty five designers under twenty five years old in the wow. in the U.S. Damn. Um, so he was like, and he's like super like introvert, super creative, but. Anyway, he was watching Mean Girls, and um, we were like just thinking about um, <laughs> uh, what to, uh, you know, name the brand, and we were like, coming up with stupid ideas, right? right. Like, because um, it was Ash and I coming up with like some dumb ideas, and then he's like, "Guys, I got the name," and I kid you not, it was three in the morning. He texted us, "We're sleeping." Eight a.m. We had a label done, the logo done, oh, all the brand colors done, and he's like, "Guys, the brand's ready. Let me know when you're ready to launch." Um, and it was called the girls in in in, in one of the uh, in movie segments in Mean Girls. They use the word obvi, okay, which yeah. is a short yeah, yeah, form yeah, yeah, of yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, wait, we can play on obvious. Yeah, there's a lot of play stories. there. Yeah, like why wouldn't you take our collagen when it's flavored and tastes good versus something unflavored that doesn't taste good? Yeah, he was like, so let's just play on this obvi. It's super girly. People will know it's for females, and right. then it's also we can go super horizontal with branding. Yeah, who was and, the first product? Uh, fruity cereal collagen. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's I think the one I like the best. Yeah. Actually. yeah. <laughs> Does that like one just rip? Is it? What's the best performing product? It's our uh, fruity cereal collagen, and then cocoa cereal number two. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Final question for you, Ron. Then I want to switch over to Chris. Um, can you just talk about the founding team? So I know you met Ash. Uh, you met Ankit at that incubator, incubating. Company. We were no, we were in college together. Okay. Yeah. All right. So take me through the founding team. Yeah. So the founding team is uh, Ankit which is um, the chief brand officer and co-founder. 
handles. We don't, we don't, we don't let people see him though, right? Yeah, no, we don't let, we, <laughs> we, uh, we, we try not to see him. His jawline's like too perfect. Oh, so right, like, right. like, there's no point of letting him be seen. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he handles all things marketing, brand design, web development, um, incredible creator. Um, and then Ashwin, um, he wore, we met at the incubator. He was also my child, my wife's childhood friend. Wow. So it kind of, that's how the introduction happened. Um, and uh, he handles, he's a CMO and handles all things paid media and then marketing. And then my background being ops finance, that's kind of the role I play as CEO and co-founder. Cool. All right, Chris, Love it. you know, I, Ron has sort of like, you know, I, I'll, I'll say industry insider experience. And, you know, you think about your story. I mean, you have a literal like Moose County to Miami <laughs> glow up alongside glow your up. brand. And, but I mean, on paper, like, and, and I mean this honestly, <laughs> You've had to overcome a lot more than the average person who's yeah. had success in this space. And like through so many, you know, so much adversity and challenges, you found yourself here. And like, I, I think you say yourself, like <laughs> you never expected that you'd be, you would be here. So I'd love to hear your side of the story of just how the story for Crossing came together. And then, you know, all the way from everything you had to overcome to yeah. get there. Well, we grew up on a farm in Connecticut. So like a super small farm town, there's one stoplight. There's one restaurant that only sells chicken tenders, <laughs> and uh, if you want to, it's good. Yeah, yeah they're great. <laughs> if you want to get gas, you got to drive 25 minutes, and the nearest movie theater is about an hour away. So uh, there's just nothing to do growing up. Like you're just right. a product of your environment. You're going out. You're having fun. I was actually having dinner with a friend last night. Kind of our like growing up, like making fun out of nothing. Right. It's like kind of what led to like us inventing yeah, products in sports. You know, cool. like. Kind of like the, the game, like, don't touch the floor, like, yeah, the yeah, floor is yeah, lava. Yeah, like, yeah, floor is lava. Yeah, it was like an eight-hour game for us. But, um, yeah, we, growing up in that town, dude, I just always wanted to get out. Like, right. I loved, like, our hometown. I loved going back. But at the same time, I knew it wasn't, like, what I wanted to do forever. Right. And uh, so I went to college to become a film director, actually. So spent my whole life thinking I wanted to make movies and become a director. What do you think of this? I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. I, uh, yeah, so I went to college. I got myself into like $200,000 of student loan debt. Just absolutely terrible. And, uh, bro, I worked about one summer on a film set for HBO. And I hated it. Mm, yeah. I absolutely no hated it. Dude, I studied uh, finance for so long. I was just like, what, dude? This is so <laughs> off-brand. It was crazy because I'd be waking up, and it sounds like I'm bitching, but like you'd wake up at 4 in the morning, get to the film set at 5, you'd be working until 9 o'clock. I don't tell the, ca the camera people yeah. are literally right here. I know, but this is it. it was just like how I felt at they the time. They literally did that today. And, but for me, the thing that why it didn't work was because... I had $200,000 of debt. Right. So I was having to live in Manhattan yeah. and pay mm -hmm. this $1,500 student loan bill plus the rent in Manhattan. Yes, yeah, it's a non-starter. It didn't work. And I was, I was only making, right out of college, I was making $15 an hour. Right. It was just like the math just yeah. didn't add up. Yeah. So uh, I got into a, a sales job starting selling, like, selling software. Okay. And uh, that was kind of like my first sales job. I was making good money, 70 grand out of college. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Um, but... It wasn't enough. Right. And then so, flash forward, I uh, became Uber's first ever salesperson. Uber? Like Uber. Ride like Uber? Uber, yeah. Oh, so, wow. so I launched Uber Eats. Wait, dude, are you rich then? My equity never vested. Why are you here? My equity never vested. So I, uh, I launched uh, I was, right. I was Uber's first ever sales executive. 
and I launched uh, Uber Eats in Rhode Island, Boston. Okay. So like I'd be like cold calling restaurants, getting them on my app and all that. Wow. What and about Connecticut and the the one gas station? <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they're, they're still not on Uber. <laughs> my mom's the number one Uber in Connecticut. Though, I'll tell you that. So uh, yeah, dude. Long long story short, we uh, come home for like uh, fall break or whatever, winter break, and the three of us. So my brother Greg. Right. And our childhood friend Mike were on the couch, like brainstorming ideas all night. Like, how do we get rich? How do we get out of like right, right, our right. current situation? We did that too. It was like innovation month. <laughs> Can we figure out in thirty days how to get a ton of cash flow businesses? <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we just wrote down a ton of ideas, and they were all pretty terrible. Yeah. And then uh, it comes to be like two in the morning, and somebody writes down four-way volleyball, and we all look at each other. We're like, dude, this is like already been taken, right? And we Google, and there's nothing on the internet. Like, there's not a single search that's popping up. It's so like, all right, why not us, right? Like, Did you guys play volleyball? No, we hated okay. volleyball. <laughs> you <play> Foursquare? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, loved, Foursquare. we loved Foursquare. Foursquare was Yeah, fire. Foursquare was so good, man. But then you don't play it, like, when you get to be, yeah, like, Which 10. is a shame, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's sad. Bring so, back Foursquare. <laughs> we sell it now, baby. There but, you go. Um, yeah, we were like, yo, why not us? So we, like, stayed up all night thinking about it. We woke up the next day, like, ran to our local, like, Walmart. Um, <clears throat> bought two badminton nets, cut out the center. Like rigged it up on the side of like my mom's shed in the garden, and just like texted all the homies and were like, "Yo, come over." Yeah. And we played for like five hours straight, and we Damn. just made up the rules of, like on the spot. It was four so square in the air, don't let the ball hit in your square. And the coolest thing was like after five hours, nobody was about their girlfriends or their job or like right. what they had to do. We just felt like we were kids again, but right. we were all like kind of in our early twenties where yeah. life was starting to get a little bit hectic. Yeah. So. With that mindset, we were like, dude, if we just play this for five hours, why wouldn't every kid in the family in America yeah. do that? So uh, that was our proof of concept. And then the business part came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, we had a bunch of cross-ups at my sister's wedding, and to your point, it's, you're absolutely right. I think like any sort of gameplay, and like I love video games, to be honest, and the reason I like them so much, especially we're all founders, right? Like It's the one thing I'm where loved. you're... You, don't, you can't think about anything else, otherwise you'll be bad at the game. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so you, you literally can't focus yeah. on anything. So, you know, Very true. My, I think that's true of, uh, of cross-end of video games, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other things. But um, also want to talk about the founding team. Yeah. Much like Ron, it's a three-person founding team. So you yep. have your brother, yep. you have, was it Mike? Mike, yeah. Mike, so what's the, the origin story there? Yes. How did you get them all, like, where were they we're that in, you got them like, to pull them in? So Greg, so me and Greg actually used to run a, uh, it's kind of funny, we used to sell hookah tobacco. Oh. So hookah, well, non, yeah. non-tobacco hookah. Okay. So my college roommate got we did, me. We actually, did a lot of that in high school. Dude, yeah. my, uh, my college. Dude, yeah. Indian oh, dude, sure, right? It's dude, huge, right? Most of my friends are still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so my college roommate actually is the one responsible for getting me into all the e-commerce. Okay. Came to me one night, he's like, yo. <clears throat> Uh, my dad owns a sugarcane like plantation in Jamaica. I'm gonna go to Jamaica. I'm gonna ship over all this. I'm gonna go chop. I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna chop down all this sugarcane. We're gonna import it to your mom's house in Connecticut. We're gonna take the bins and we're gonna flavor it. We're gonna package it and we're gonna sell it to hookah tobacco hookah lounges all across the country. Okay, all right. So we called it the King. That was our first e-commerce company. Wow. I'd be just like cold calling like Shaquille O'Neal's like hookah lounge in Atlanta, like setting up meetings. <laughs> and so we Electric. shipped this. We shipped this hookah like all across the country, like the the shisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shisha. Yeah. yeah, the shisha all across the country. 
And, That's uh, wild. So there's a king swag left. Like no, merch? I have one bottle left oh. on my desk. It was kind of sweet. Probably a little dried, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was our first was first road in ecom. But anyway, so my brother, uh, I went and got a real job because I just needed to pay my debt. Greg was two years younger than me, so he's still in college. Right. He evolved. He created this thing called the Glunt, which was a glass blunt. It was like very like the world's most popular Dude, glass. This is an origin story of riffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my brother anyway, he's selling a bunch of uh, this glass blunt on WorldStar.com. Like yeah, WorldStar's oh, posting World it every Star. day. Dude, like he's no buying way. meme pages. He's making like a ton of money. Right. And I'm like, fuck. What am I doing? I'm working at Uber, calling cold calling <laughs> restaurants, and he's sitting on my mom's couch flipping glass blunts and like making a million dollars. So, uh, anyways. Our other founder, Mike, uh, we grew up playing soccer together. He was in okay. Greg, Greg's grade. Uh, super, like, smart, nerdy. So you're the senior man? I'm the senior wow. guy. Wow. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> right? Out of the company? Yeah. Yeah. Let you be in charge, bro. <laughs> so Mike, uh, Mike's an engineer by trade. Okay. Uh, went to Northeastern, graduated uh, right. with an engineering degree. So he's like, that was the cool thing. That night was when we started making the volleyball net, the dude's already on AutoCAD, like, designing the shit. Oh, nice. Which was, like, yeah. super helpful. So we didn't have to go source, like, He's your on kid, bro. Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking. You guys woke up. Same person. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, whenever we do come up with games, like, he's the one drafting it. It cuts out all the cost of, like, having to, like, have a product specialist that costs us 20,000 bucks. Right. So, then that night, dude, we, we, we made the game the next day. We pooled all the money in our bank account. Like, I withdrew my 401k. We had about like 17 grand across the three of us for our life savings at this time. I thought the king was, I don't know, the well, king. The glass yeah, bl- it was doing I well. The glass blunt company was printing money. It, it was printing money <laughs> at the time. He was spending money too, right? spending a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Spending a lot. Yeah, Greg was doing well at the time, but like we pulled like 17 or maybe it was like 22K into his bank yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we made our first, first like 50 units. We moved to Miami, so I quit my job. We all, we all moved to this uh, two bedroom in Miami. Just like have everybody crashing it's on the floor. House, Dude, right? it was yeah. a, it's essentially the incubator. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, you do cool double thing. shifts also, like this guy? no. Oh, yeah, we were working a lot. We were working a lot, right? But I, I'd meet Ron. Ron would come down for a bachelor party or something, <laughs> yeah. and I'd sell it to Ron on the beach for like seventy bucks. Right. So I'd have some beer money. I'd have some money oh, for the rent. Oh, so you were on the beach, slinging products. You were literally estimating it. Oh, every day. Because when you look at it, it's like a UFO. You've never seen something like that before. So you stop, you stare, you want to play. But what, what ended like up happening wow. was Ron would take it back that to is. New Jersey, and I'd start getting sales in New Jersey. And I'm like, yo, I haven't been in New Jersey in 25 years. How am right. I getting sales? Right. Oh, that dude, Ron. And it just kept snowballing. Wow. That's brilliant. That's so you mean to tell me that I can integrate my shop with you in less than a minute? You store all my inventory across your 50-plus fulfillment centers in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Europe, and Australia, and then fulfill all of my orders globally with over a 99% order accuracy rate. That's right. We do that for over 7,000 brands today. And you can do that for all my D2C, B2B, and Amazon orders? Yep. And when my next TikTok video goes viral or during the holiday rush, you can grow with me forever? Yes, again. Dang. That's the ship, Bob. Check out ShipBob at ShipBob.com to unlock your fulfillment provider that acts as your personal chief supply chain officer. So, stop two. I want to get into some like brand specific questions. And Chris, I'm gonna keep it with you for now. Yeah. But you know, you lead sales and marketing for the organization, yep. and I I want to talk about, and it's a good transition from what you just said, the complexities of selling like a new to world concept. And I think 
we sort of had that with Agile, right? It was like, we'd get into these meetings, we'd have to sell people on the benefits of out of home. Then we had to sell the benefits of our format. Then we had to sell that it's tech enabled and has attribution. And, you know, it's not to say you don't have that same issue, Ron, but like, People can figure out what your product yeah, is yeah, quickly, yeah. and if they can't, they'll pick it up, and you know they can. Then shame on our branding. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. But um, that's not true for CrossNet, no. and so I'm curious how you sort of like bridge that divide and, and do sales and marketing when there's such like a I'd say heavy educational lift associated it's to the tough, product, especially since it's so expensive too. Right. Um, it's really really tough, man. We've literally invented a sport and also a product, so we're not making things easy for ourselves. Um, the most important thing that we could do is just, like, kind of the first year was just spent getting the product in the hands of people and going right, to the yeah. beach. Like, we set it up. We try to be as resourceful as possible. Like, this is a sick idea for you guys. Like, there's one summer where we went to, we drove around and we set up cross nets in front of billboards. So instead of buying the $50,000 billboard, we would just set up the cross net <laughs> and we would leave it there. And it would literally stay for like a month. And it was just like standstill traffic and people just staring at it, looking and taking pictures. Oh my God. So it. yeah, just becoming resourceful like that and trying to get exposure. Cause once you play it once, like you're hooked and you're gonna talk to somebody about it. Totally. And imagine if we had one set up right here, like imagine how many impressions we'd get over the next like four hours. Totally. So it's doing that, uh, working with like local beach communities and, and schools is really good. Um, one thing that's been great, I know we're talking about it later on, is getting into physical education. Right. We're in over like 10,000 schools now. Yeah. Wow. So <clears throat> CrossNet is wow, literally so bro, like, yeah. How do you even approach? Is that only you want to aggregate those or that's just all blocking and tackling? So it's a little bit of blocking and tackling, but also every school gym teacher buys from a catalog. And so there's like five different catalogs. I didn't know that. So we sell. What else is in it besides like dodgeball? And like, <laughs> there's a bunch. Dude, it's like a How big is this catalog? It's 400 pages. <laughs> it's just a bunch of shit, dude. It's like volleyball nets, it's basketball hoops, it's like frisbees, all that. Yeah. So also we're like. Young too. Yeah. It's like a yeah. So we're front and center, like in that catalog, in all those catalogs. It's really And genius. the nice thing is like the gym teachers already have stuff that they've had for a hundred years so they're looking when they do have budget they're looking they're, to buy something new and exciting totally. they're, and as, yeah. as a student you'd love when they had like alright what well, Frankenstein it, thing yeah, have they dreamt exactly. up right, this right. week <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the kids will come in they'll have a week long curriculum at school they'll be hyped because it's like oh it's that, that that's that game I saw on TikTok right. the teacher looks cool because he's got the cool game yep. yeah, right. the kids play have a dope time and then they go home and run to their parents and they're like yo I need to get this game that I played in school so right. it's just kind of like a full circle but, um, no, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, when is the last time either of you guys walked into a store and spent $100 on something that you didn't know that you needed? It's, like, you're not going to look at a cross net. It's, it's consideration windows. Like, yeah, the yeah. higher the AOV, the longer the consideration <laughs> yeah, exactly. window is going to be. So, so you do need that, like, upfront education. Yeah. So digital awareness in person at, this, like, at the school systems and just trying to create as many events as possible. Yeah. Like, where we're at. What about, Amazon? what about college? Amazon crushes. Yeah. We're the yeah. number one volleyball net on oh, Amazon. Sick. Really? We're not that's even, like, sick. a... Yeah. That's or fake crazy. volleyball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what about college towns? I think those would similarly have that organic flavor. I yeah. remember, like... Spike ball was huge when we were in college, right? And one guy group had it. They, you know, people pop in, watch it. That looks fun as hell. And oh, then, yeah. like, you blink, and every guy group yeah, has it yeah, in their yeah. quad or whatever. So college has been cool. We have uh, we're in intramural programs at like 250 schools now. Like competitive, like yeah, you like you could sign up. Oh, shit. Like the University of North Carolina, like Chapel Hill has a crossnet program. Wow, so that's like electric. 7 p.m. on the quad, they're playing crossnet, which is like wow. great exposure for like insane. for yeah, us, yeah, yeah. right? So. 
we're trying to build as many of those activations, and that's that, that's completely free. Like they're paying money for the crossnet. Totally. And like I'm hyping up on social from time to time. But, yeah. So trying to create as many of those events as possible. The ones that don't work is like when I ship it to a college kid, and hopefully that he sets yeah, it up. Yeah, hopefully. And yeah, now yeah, I just yeah. spend thirty bucks to ship, and I spend eighty bucks on the product. Like, yep. Yep. That's where we've lost a lot of money over the years. But like working with established programs yeah. that could get people together. That's been money for us. What about like uh, the NIL like name, name, image, and likeness stuff with college athletes? Yeah, so that, that popped off like a year ago or so. Yeah, it was essentially for, like those at home, like college athletes, or you don't even need to be an athlete, can now make money off their name, image, and likeness. Right. So when that was announced, we had like 400 people come in down <laughs> in like the first 24 hours. Wild. It's like, yo, I want to be a cross <laughs> athlete. Yo, I want to be a cross <laughs> athlete. Like, all right, yeah, that's I do the sick. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a graphic designer like working around the clock. Creating like little graphic cards so yeah, they could yeah. post on story and Trading cards, us. baseball cards. It looked <laughs> sick. It was really cool. But what it led to was a massive loss for the company, actually. Because mm-hmm. oh, we ended up shipping crossnets to 350 people. Right. So, I mean, the cogs on that alone, just throwing out a number, it might have been a $70,000 project. Right. And then out of the 300 people, we got like 15 good videos. So yeah. it's like, you know, like what a waste. Yeah. It was just us trying to like have too much clout and trying to make, like it could have been very good. Yeah, what we I mean, have UGC done, is incredible. It's very like our like high quality stuff like this never performs well for right, us. Right. It's, always, <laughs> it's always, it's always better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always the mom that's shooting it on her iPhone with like totally. her finger over the lens a little bit yeah. that yeah. actually performs for us. Well, does the consumer like get like I feel like they pick up on when it's overproduced. Yeah. Yeah. It's just oh, like 100%. 100%. this is a normal person just like me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we we should have started small, man. We should have we should have picked ten people like really vetted them. Right. Should have and oh, and we were paying them on top of it. So some of these people oh, like right. yo, know, the girl had hundred and twenty k TikTok followers. Maybe she was making two hundred bucks a month. Yeah, or this right. guy had a million. Maybe I'm paying him five hundred. Like you know. Yeah, so like yeah. yeah, live and learn. Uh, so we scaled that operation down. So we got like ten people on our roster now. Right. And they're very good because they'll like they'll create those community events at their college, or we'll drop a new product, and I know I could go to them for like some good UGC right, right. Mm. so it's good I mean overall we've made good relationships but I definitely wish we didn't go too hard approach it differently yeah. Yeah. also you're probably a first mover right I'm sure like after the dust settled a little bit you can probably vet them in a way that you, you couldn't at the beginning Absolutely. of like who actually has that innate talent so true. and like knows how to sell yeah. And, yeah. and like knows what you're trying to accomplish for sure <laughs> alright Ron so you know Obvi operates in a pretty crowded space mm-hmm. and You've really honed on a, on a specific type of consumer or addressable market, um, almost like a space within a space in your category. And so I think it's really easy for brand founders to like sort of want to be everything to everyone uh, all the time. But you, know, I, you and I have had some really interesting conversations about just sort of unwavering focus. So I'm curious sort of how you figured out, you know, that you would go in the direction you did and how you positioned Obvi in the market. Yeah, um, so it's interesting because I think for us, once we picked female as our demographic, um, I think we had two avenues of this, okay, that we could have gone. Right. One was this brand appeals to super young women because it's like playful and fun, or it's going to appeal to women that want to feel like they're young. Right. Okay? Um, we studied the demos and the stickiness you can get from going... On a, uh, on a market that's older is way better than like a younger demo, like a Gen Z or millennial. Right. So we then, so our next focus was like, okay, cool. 
from day one, even like the influencers we get, we're gonna get like older women. Right. Right. Even if you go to our website, like it's like 40 year old models, right? Because what we wanted to do was if you can get a 40 year old woman to try something and like it and see results, she's gonna tell all her friends. Totally. Um, she's gonna stay on the program and then she's gonna, that the person's also gonna help the community grow. So that helped us. I think that being laser focused there helped us because now who we cater to, it's, it's, a, it's a 40 year old woman named Sally in the Midwest, okay? She typically has fast food three to four times a week, really bad habits. Um, this, this, our target demo is not the girl going to Equinox three times a week and doing hot yoga the other right. three times, right? And like, what even is that tan? Like, people forget, you know, I think 97% like, of America. Right, right. yeah, like, <laughs> you think when you're a consumer, yeah. you do have to design, yeah. like, you, we're in this little bubble, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so, I think when we took that approach of like, you know what, we'd love to sell to younger people and, or our friends even, right? but like, that's not going to create LTV. Right. That's not gonna. And you see, you know, CPG Twitter, dude. It's all just like this. Sometimes it's an echo chamber of like yeah. no one actually giving you the feedback that well, you dude, need to hear. Well, dude, it's crazy because when I when we started Crossnet, I thought it was gonna be for our age. Yep. And it's actually parents. Parents. Ninety nine percent of our purchasers are moms buying it for their backyard to get their kid off of TikTok. Yeah. So, so like, true. as much so as I'd like to lean into like our younger content, it's really the the four-year-old who can barely stand up, tap on the yeah. ball. And yeah, yeah totally. Get over. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, and my, my mom's always trying to get us to like, go visit her on Long Island and stuff. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what she, <laughs> yeah. you know, we have every single ridiculous backyard toy yeah, you can yeah, dream yeah. off of, so 100%. it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, I think, I think once you align with who you want to sell to, um, with actual purpose and not desire. Yeah. Desire and purpose is like so twisted in, in e-com. Right. Because it's like you sometimes people come out with brands or products for the wrong reason. Right. Um, and it's for clout or it's like, oh, I want to like look good in this. Name drop them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it in the B-roll. <laughs> um, but uh, I think for us it was like the purpose is, all right, we want to make money, right? Like that's what we want to do. So how are we gonna do that? And I think that's where we honed in on the demo. And that, that gave us a chance to like kind of crowd some of the, the crowded people out. Yeah. Cause they're all going for probably the one, 2% of America, which uh, is all we are usually exposed to. Yeah. And um, what's also really interesting about that demographic is they're <laughs> very on Facebook. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, that's something that I always found, you talk about stickiness and like LTV and all those concepts. That's something that I've always found really fascinating about how you guys have like growth hacked your, your go to market. And so can you just talk about those communities that you've built online, um, specifically catering to that yeah. demographic and like what you've learned from them? Cause I yeah. think they're core to how you think about your products and drops yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, 40 year old, 40 to 60 year old are still on Facebook, right? Um, and they love it. And then they're, they're, they're preserving it. Right. Um, I truly believe that. And so for us, once we picked the demo, started going after them, the other thing is we were bootstrapped um, and we it's couldn't- It's right? Yeah. Um, and uh, around the same amount with like ten, fifteen thousand dollars 15000 right? right? Like we, we couldn't release a third product. We started with two fruity cereal and cocoa cereal uh, collagen. We couldn't release a third product without knowing it's gonna be a short bet. Like I couldn't mess it up because yeah. that would be the, the end of Obvi. So what we did was our, after our first like 200 customers, we told them we were gonna do like a survey. Instead we were like, wait, what if we just 
kind of brought them in a focus group. We're like, we can't afford a focus group. <laughs> so we're like, what is like the, the, the grittiest way? <laughs> yeah, what's the grittiest way to do a focus group was, oh, why don't we just start a Facebook group? So the Facebook community we started um, was actually just a focus group to figure out what our third launch should be. Because we wanted to figure out if we should do peanut butter, marshmallow cereal, um, uh, or cookies and cream. Uh, they all voted. There was like 106 people in it. They right. voted marshmallow cereal. We launched it, sold out. Right. So it was like, that was the purpose of it. Then we saw they were all starting to talk to each other. Right. Like, oh, this is working for you or this is not. It's so weird. So we just started. It's, it's so weird. It's so just strange. My sister has like young kids and there's like parenting ones that are yeah. like, has anyone got I'm like. In, I'm in some. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. He's like, yeah, anyone got like an ear doctor? My yeah. kids got some like <laughs> yeah. weird infection. Because people want to know from people. Right. Yeah. They almost don't. It's like Reddit almost. Yeah, yeah, they almost don't trust like companies now, you know, as right. much. So it's why UGC works. Right. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so the community, what we started doing is when we realized people are talking to each other and it's driving either upsell or just good education um, on a on a person to person, a consumer to consumer, and we just started funneling all our traffic there. So like we were we were like once you bought, you were invited there. If you were even thinking about buying in the Facebook comments, we would tell people like. Here's the answer to the question you're asking us, but there's thousands of other questions that can be answered in our community. Mm. Invited there. Right. Um, our pop-up on our w website was join our community. Like, uh, if you go to our, we have a landing page that we run ads to to join the community that, that sells nothing. So now it's like 65,000 active women in it. And it's wow. just, they're talking all day, every day, just sharing stuff about Obvi. Sometimes they share about like random stuff, like yeah. I'm <laughs> severely going through PMSing right now, like right. any recommendations outside of like Obvi. And like, yeah. people just share stuff. <clears throat> well, actually, you need some apples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the community piece is, is, is big. And it's, it's what you're doing with your customer base too, yeah. right? It's like, it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So Chris, I want to talk about Good Sport a yeah. little bit and yeah. how that partnership with Danny Duncan came to fruition. And I'll share one of my favorite, hilar most hilarious emails I've ever received. And it's from Chris. It was one sentence. I don't think there was a subject line. I think it was all lowercase. And it went, hey, Tom, do you have any experience wrapping monster trucks? <laughs> and that was it. No other context. <laughs> and you just posted, you posted it like a few days ago. Yeah, we, we got it wrapped finally. But um, yeah, dude, we, this guy named Danny Duncan, massive YouTuber, uh, one of the most popular YouTubers in the States. Kind of, uh, for those that don't know him, he's like a modern-day jackass. Like Steve, Steve, right. uh, like Bam Margera, Steve-O. Right, that right, right. Oh, right. Um, Rip. That was, yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> those were the days, right? It was like so, MTV like, music video era. Yes, yes. So that, that's him now for like 16 to 24 is kind of like his demo. Okay. All like male, like 98% male, which is like <laughs> sick for me. Perfect. Which is fun because I've been selling the fucking mom yeah. for yeah. five years and I didn't sell the kids, which I wanted to do. Right. And, uh, yeah, so Danny, like, seven and a half million YouTube subscribers, like, 20 across all the other, like, crazy, crazy powered influence. Wow. What was his come up? How did that even, um, like, happen? I mean, he's just been grinding on YouTube for, like, 10 years. And he really? just has this, like, massive organic audience. And he, the thing that he prides himself on is, like, he's never sold out. Like, I love the Nelk Boys, but they do 100 million different projects. Totally. Yeah. He's never had, like, his own thing besides just selling his merch. Wow. Yeah, they dilute themselves. So, yeah. uh, a lot of them do at that, a lot at of that them. scale. Exactly. Yeah. So when I, uh, and it kind of speaks volumes, right? So how I met him, uh, we reached out to his manager. We wanted to do, it was uh, the year before last year. Yeah, so 2021. Right. Jeez, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, 23 now. Life goes, life goes <laughs> quick. We, uh, we reached out because we wanted to do a big Black Friday video. So okay. I was like, yo, I want a YouTuber, I want to test this whole concept of paying YouTubers. Yeah. 
So we offered him 45,000 bucks for a video, which is a lot of money. And he's like, nah, 250. And I was like, no shot. That's not going to happen. Because he, does, he doesn't do brand deals. He yeah, just yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Like, he'll do, like, one brand deal. So it's like, throwing, throwing out. Yeah, he's like, being like, if they're crazy <laughs> enough to do it, I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't, like, water his shit down with brand deals at all. Right. And so, uh, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, that's just not going to happen. But he's like, yo, if you're ever in L.A., why don't you come over? And I was like, all right, I'll call your bluff. So I went over to L.A. Like, I was in L.A., like, a few days later. Right. Uh, went, went to his, like, beautiful, like, L.A. house <laughs> and uh, had a product with me that we... Uh, one of our new products that we're trying to come up with. So I was like, all right, let's, let's show Danny it. So, Which one is it? Uh, we haven't actually released it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so uh, we go to Danny's house. It's me, Greg, and Mike. We're all together in L.A. And we show up to his house, and we start playing and show him the game. He has fun with it. And I'm like, yo, I think this would be cool for your website. Maybe we could like, brand it Danny Duncan or whatever. Yeah. And just do a co-brand. He's like, let's build a company together. I'm like, the jackass music starts yeah. playing. Uh, I was like, that, that says a lot about you. You probably left a really good impression Bro, like, the gate. Because at that time, we have been coming up with tons of games that we have. Right. I mean, just like a stupid example would be like oversized beer pong. Right. Does not fit into Crossnet. Crossnet's become such an established sport, and like mm. we're known for our four-way games. Like putting out other games under Crossnet, we kind of dilute the Crossnet brand. Yeah, I get it. So we're building this new one. It's called Good Sport. Danny's our founding partner on it. And the goal is to build like a modern day Franklin or Wilson. Like when I, when I talk to you, like you're buying, you're gonna be buying your your son's baseball glove in yep. a few years, and it's gonna come from Franklin, or it's right. gonna come from Spalding or Wilson, and you bought that, and your parents bought that. Why are we still buying from the yeah. same companies right. when there's a million other companies that come up in every other space, never in sporting goods? Mm. So my thesis is creator led, plus our innovation. And build like Sick. a future backyard Sick. in sports. Oh, I love it. So I'm hyped right. for that. So we dropped it in October. Uh, we came out with three products. Smashnet's our lead product. Okay. And, and Smashnet describes Smashnet for people uh, who are listening. It's an oversized ping pong slash volleyball net. Okay. Two people on each side. There's a net in the middle, and you're spiking the ball down. Yeah. It, it's, it's it looks pretty fun. It's so <laughs> much fun. And so uh, we just rolled out to Dillard's, Wegmans, and Shields, and then we rolled out to Walmart in May. Hell yeah! So, That's dope. Yeah, awesome. That's uh, I'm excited to see how that partnership progresses. Yeah. I uh, I miss Jackass. Yeah, yeah. it's sweet. It's, it's Dude, cool. I was watching the video with you guys with the f- the um, big balloon ball. ball. Yeah, that thing was That's, wild. That went that went mega viral. Like mega all my guy groups that were was around. These second pass, I was like going looking at my story. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. He's literally three feet away from the guy being launched into the tree. <laughs> so sick. So that's been fun, dude. And I think. Uh, the coolest thing about it is like all the mistakes we've made with CrossNet over the years, all the learnings, we just apply to Good Sport. Right. And Good Sport is going to be a, a hundred times better of a company because of all the we've done. Totally, dude. CrossNet, you know? yeah. I mean, when when VCs say like, you know, we bet on first time, or second time founders, yeah. now I totally get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't it have, I don't know if yeah. I would have messed it in me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, cool. Ron, I, um, back to you. Uh, you know, I was in preparing for this podcast. I thought something really insightful you said was around controlling what you can control when so much is out of your control. And I think, especially in the context of what you guys are so good at, like, you know, you work. Everyone in this industry is working all day, every day, to try to get TikTok, Meta, Google Search to work harder for them. Um, but you talk about like some of those things are sort of just in your backyard and they get overlooked. So I sort of just, you know, love if you could speak to that concept a little bit. I think when it comes to paid media, right? Um, I think there's a few things that, like, I think that we've approached it a little bit differently, right? Where 
even after this post iOS thing, right? Right. Um, I think the 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 tricky part is is like so much of our time goes into like I gotta get my CPA down. I gotta right. get my CPA down, right? And I see like everyone just banging their head right now. Um, it's why everyone's looking for money too, right? Because the CPA is not coming down. Right. Um, and I feel like for us, what we've done is is like, all right, we're gonna do our best that we can with um, an X amount of effort and in time to make Meta or TikTok or Google work better. Okay. But from there, a platform's a platform. It's not you can't change what you can't control. Right. Right. So like, I think for us, we've done. I think we've done a good balance of like saying, all right. If sixty dollars is our CPA and like the lowest we can get it is fifty-eight, we're okay with sixty. We're gonna try and make sixty work. Now let's go to the other side of this and say, all right, what do we need to do in terms of conversion, right? Right. If if my CPA went up from forty dollars two years ago to now sixty, I need to get a half more person to buy every single time. Right. Okay. So now let me work on just making the conversion funnel go from two percent to two and a quarter, right? And I feel like those things are like. More in your control, and I feel like there's not enough people focusing on things they can change and control, and they're more so blaming like, oh, Facebook screwed me. Yeah, totally. Google screwed me. Um, so I think for us, it, it's just the approach is we're not going to be able to bring the CPA down. Yeah. So how can I get more people to buy? Yeah, and I think what's something that's interesting, like I was just speaking at that out of home conference, right? Yeah. And something I like was harping on was like, recognize that these platforms, they are engines that are designed to extract as much margin as they can from the situation. Yeah. So if you're on Amazon and you're doing like paid, you know, paid advertising, you have two equivalent products, they're gonna try, there's a business incentive <laughs> and they're a public company with like a fiduciary yeah. responsibility for them to try to extract, hey, you have 20% That's right. gross margin, well, we're taking five and then six and then seven and then eight. Yeah. And like as high as you can yeah. before we start actually just probably like ruining the like the company yeah. goes bankrupt. Yeah. But like that is at their core what they're designed to do. And and then there's 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 finite amount of inventory. Right. That's the other thing people I think people have even when you just look at TikTok real quick like people don't realize the for you page is the only place you can get ad, you can get served ads. Right. Right. There is literally millions of advertisers looking for a spot on a for you page. Like that is there's not much inventory. It's why you can't scale past five, 10K a day on TikTok. You know, right. it's hard. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just shifting the narrative. Stop three. Um, these questions are all sort of like brand intersection questions. So with each episode, you know, we did a lot of research of things you guys have in common, things that are different about your business, things that we thought the audience would want to hear. I don't know, the same question, but potentially different takes on the responses. And so the first question is, really just talking about you know like leveraging community and organic flywheels and i think we touched on this a little bit but you guys are some of the best community builders that i've personally seen and i think when you think about sustainable businesses they always have community and i think the reason that is is communities what's there that acts as a hedge when the marketing winds are blowing in one direction to the other and it's, right. it feels yeah. like it's so volatile from week to week or month to month that like having that core community is essentially just like what gives you enough time to figure out which way you have yeah, to like yeah, reallocate yeah. resources Absolutely. and things of like that. So I, I want to just sort of speak to the role of community building and organic flywheels. I know they've been instrumental to your companies now and, and maybe how you guys think about them going forward. Over 7,000 customers like Pet Lab, Chamberlain Coffee, Hero Cosmetics, Spikeball, Dossier, TB12, Pit Viper, 100 Thieves. Tens of millions of packages shipped every year. 50 plus fulfillment centers across the US, Canada, UK, Europe, and Australia. 
an app store with 50-plus integrations like Shopify, Amazon, NetSuite, and many more. Managed inventory distribution, D2C and B2B fulfillment capabilities, 99.96% of order shipping on time, 99.95% order accuracy rate. Yep, we're talking about ShipBob again. We know picking a fulfillment partner or 3PL is not easy. And equally importantly, we know you never want to have to move or pick another one. That's why we partnered with ShipBob. From zero to 100 million in sales, ShipBob has you covered. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> yeah, you go first. Um, you know, I think I think for us, community, besides it being a great source of of, of being having definitive answers of what to do next for your uh, uh, brand, I think community has become a place where like it is a source for so much for us. Like, you want UGC? We're gonna go drop a, a quick uh, comment in there and give do a giveaway, and we'll have literally 40 pieces of UGC within two hours. Yeah. Um, do you want feedback on your product? These are the most loyal people that will give you true feedback, not butter you up and say, oh yeah, I love it. I love Obvi. Right. Um, if you want people to learn from other people, there, there are people who will like, come on, on our community and be like, I just took the Collagenic Burn, which is our fat loss product, it's our number two bestseller. Uh, I have a massive migraine, right? We love comments like that because now there's like thousands of other people that are gonna go to that post and be like, you didn't drink enough water, what did you take this with? When did you take yeah. it? Lower the dosage. Go to two pills instead of four. Like, there are people that are doing our job. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> the other thing that we did with community is the way we, we, don't, we don't spend any money to run it. So when I say that is our overhead for it is managed by eight admins and moderators. What we did, and I, I'll take my comment back. We do spend money. But what we did for it was um, we told these, we took our top 10 customers Right. Reached out to them and said, hey, would you like to be an admin and moderator in our community? No requirements of ours. You just need to help customers if you see that they can be helped, okay? Uh, you'll be listed as an admin and you'll be showcased as an admin. Um, what you'll get from us is free product for life. That's sweet. Okay? That's it. Like, nothing else. Um, they all buy maybe two, three things a month, right? Cost right. to us, $25, $30. You can only really consume. Yeah, right. The need for this is only, like, it's, it's sort of capped in, in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, right? so, so um, uh, they get, you know, we give them, give them some apparel, but we have eight people working round the clock. That's yeah, insane. With, uh, under the measures of because they want to help. Yeah. Right. Right? Um, and like this community, they've grown it, like from literally zero to 65,000 women because they're constantly fostering helping. So like you get to see that live, even if I always tell people like you strip away Obvi from me, that's fine, but I keep the community. Right. Because that is one of the most important pieces of building something because these women have all have relationships with each other. It's so crazy how you guys have nurtured it so well. Like it, it's so it feels like it's so easy for it to to like go the other direction sometimes where it's like, you know, if someone says something like I have a migraine, like what's stopping Delete. from people like yeah. just jumping in and piling yeah. on, you know? Just yeah. Like yeah. It's, we do have a good snowball effect happen where like, oh, me too, me too. a lot of me too people. Right. Uh, Which honestly is probably good. It is like, great. That's how you great. learn, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, and so we're the one thing I think we like, and I think it goes with building in public, it's like you have to be ready for the negatives. Right. Like we've, we've re-engineered our product three times because first time it's too sweet, second time it's too grainy, and then third time we, it, was, it was a bit too sweet and too grainy. Like right. it was, yeah. we're always tinkering and so like, but we wouldn't know that if you didn't get the feedback. If you didn't get the feedback, 100%. yeah. Totally it's, that's right. good for us too. Like, we'll, 
we'll use the community to draw new games. And we'll be like, yo, yeah. you're going to be the first one in America to have yeah. one of the ten samples. Right. And I want yeah. you to rip it apart and tell me, like, what's wrong with it? How would you make it better? Yeah. Because, like, CrossNet that's now out in, like, Walmart, yep. that's version 27 at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, <right>? yeah. <laughs> right. iterating all the time, not only to save costs, but also to make it better. Right. Yes. So, like, being able to, like, lean on these people is great. Like, we don't have the active Facebook group because, sadly, like, they're, it's not, not 50, 50 yeah. year old people talking about volleyball. Like, we're yeah. in with, like other volleyball groups right, 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 posting right. about it, which is sick. You rethinking it now after hearing <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> I always, yeah. You got the mom. <laughs> the moms are buying. The moms are. Maybe just hop in ours. Yeah, <laughs> just, just drop some cross yeah, nets. Right, for, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the community's been really important, especially when you, you're just kind of harping on the CPAs being so negative as of late. Yeah. Especially like in the winter seasonality. What we've kind of taken action with this year is stop overspending in December pull and, and pull back yeah. right. and rely on the community to create content. Do I need content? Do I need awareness? Like, yeah. Can I lean on these people who are already playing CrossNet at colleges all across America? Let's just tap them yeah. instead of just overspending. Totally. Also. And so. with seasonality too, you guys can like, instead of hiring someone and then like not needing them in three months, you can sort of like flex it up and on as mm -hmm. to, to how much you lean into it, which yeah. I think is interesting. And, and don't you have like talk about volleyball, ESPN, like yeah, yeah. So we've done, uh, and those, those all come from building public. Like totally, we uh, had a thirty-minute special on ESPN where we had a um, crossnet thirty-minute special. That's crazy, we, dude! What a dream, dude! So just we created a sport in our head. <laughs> Who let us do this? ESPN <laughs> is televising it. Like that is just like the craziest stamp of approval. Oh my god! And they came in though. They're like, "Yo, we have a thirty-minute slot for you guys. Wow. Do you guys want it?" And it was free. No all way. We, all we had to pay for was doing exactly what you're doing here. Right. We had to film it. We had to rent out a location. So we went, in San Diego, there's an Olympic training facility, okay. which is really cool. Like, all the Olympians are really? there just training, like, yeah, that's shredding people. It was yeah, so cool. Sure, like, the best Legs of all sports were there. Yeah, of course. So they, uh, they had this volleyball court. We rented it out. We had a, it was a doubles tournament. So men, uh, it was co-ed's doubles tournament. There okay. was 30 different teams. And so they're competing on all different nets, and then they work their way down, like on a, on a big tournament bracket, and the winner got ten thousand dollars. Wow! And so yeah, so that we we put dude, up that's the, pretty we so put intense. Dude, they were going crazy. I'm sure that was like a wild. And because normally a normal volleyball tournament, like you're not really some volleyball tournaments, you're only making like two grand. Totally, yeah. So like yeah. this is actually like good real money for these people right. that like, dedicate their life to the sport. Totally. So it was an awesome all day banger. And they, uh, ESPN actually gave us three commercial slots okay. that we could go sell to like make our money back. Wow! So we sold the three advertising spots. Made some <laughs> wait, that's sick. wait what? Yeah. Who, who advertised? Uh, we had Manscaped. Wow! Manscaped oh, damn, dream client. I used the other just so, like we ran our own crossnet ad within it, and then we sold this to somebody else for, for super cheap. But this like, guy's like a sweet talker, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I gotta bring him everywhere. Very sick. <laughs> so uh, just plug the ad drive. <laughs> and then you take you take the ESPN logo right, and then you go to Wilson, and Dang. then Wilson gives us a co-branded Wilson ball. And then you take the Wilson logo and you get into Walmart. And it's just like leveraging those relationships. Totally. And it doesn't happen unless you're actively you're posting. Starting. You yeah. know, and then like yeah. sharing your stories and yeah. sharing. Like people naturally, unless you're a shithead, like want somebody like myself to win because like I'm actually. Totally. I, I sacrificed my entire life to create yeah. a right. four-way volleyball net. Dude, people, yeah. people uh, love their dog. People love when, yeah. when the good guys win. So I'm with you. Um, another interesting commonality between your respective businesses is that they're both largely bootstrapped and i know that's that's changed but <laughs> i mean you guys got so far with yeah. essentially nothing um 
almost like, you know, the level of growth that you would expect because of venture money. And so in the consumer space, you think about like all the working capital needs, like all, it's, it's a cash intensive business, yeah. even like arguably more so than mine. And yet you guys didn't raise venture money to pull it off. So how are you able to sort of like make, make that work, <laughs> especially in the beginning? I think just like, I mean, growing up with our mindset, like we didn't get into it a little bit earlier on, but like where I grew up, dude, I was literally recycling cans to keep the electricity on right. so me and Greg could play World of Warcraft growing up. Dude, like, we, like, what was your character? Well, actually, sorry, it was Guild Wars. Guild Wars. Uh, also a good game. So Guild Wars was <laughs> that game. But, um, yeah, dude, we just, we grew up from very, like, humble beginnings. We, we had food on the table, like, I'd get the new Madden game, but, like, we still, there's times where, like, shit was getting pretty dark. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that mindset of, like, growing up in that kind of environment has allowed us to become better business owners because, like, if I wouldn't spend it from my own personal bank account, the company's not spending it from the company's bank account because, dude, yeah. the money's the same. That's it's it. my money. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, like, you got to have that mindset. So, like, we'd sell yeah. 50, we'd rebuy back 100. We'd rebuy back 250, and we just kept scaling that way. And it wasn't, like, the best thing was we weren't bringing on a ton of inventory that was collecting dust. Right. And then eventually you get to a point where you just need so much for the retailers, and that's kind of when things started getting very capital intensive. Right. But it's going slow. It's knowing your margins, like, in the beginning, before we had like a team and everything like that, we were virtually like, yo, my CPA is 50 bucks, I'm selling it for 150, my COGS are 30, like, I know that I'm making 25 bucks on each yep, sale. Right. How many sales a day can I make to like hit, hit our overhead? It was a, a pretty easy model until yeah. it got very convoluted. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about retail real soon. And so Ron, what, uh, what about you guys? Yeah, for us, um, it, was, it was different. Like, we wanted to like challenge ourselves to like start with the little and see how far we can get. I think what was was the big advantage for us was three founders in three completely distinct skill sets that literally did not require us to have any overhead. Like you want a website done, you got Uncle. You want paid marketing done, you have Ash. You want ops and finance and supply chain, you have me. Right. So like there was no need to hire for literally like the first year and a half. That's dope. You know, crazy. until customer service was our first role we had yeah. after a year and a half. Which so, was, was it co-packers and stuff? How'd you? Yeah, we did a 3PL. Yeah. Um, Man, we did a 3PL. Like a heavy operational lift to my business. I wish I could operate leaner. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have so much say, direct sales, right, right too. Right. Um, so for us, I think being able to not have overhead, and then number two, we're coming hot off of a marketing agency of just running media, right? right? So like day one, like when we launched June 1st, 2019, we spent $500 that day on Facebook ads. Like we were Facebook ads minute one into the brand. Like there was no even like launching this to our friends first. It right. was, we are launching on Facebook ads. Yeah. So we had to make the numbers work from day one uh, up to, up till we got to like the $30 million mark. Um, we were great. And that's when iOS, all the other shit happened. Yeah, and selfishly, best thing that's ever happened yeah, to for my, you. Yeah. my business. <laughs> um, and that's when it became challenging, man. Like, yeah. it became harder. And, um, um, but up until that point, I think because we leveraged the founder set to have very, a lot of coverage. And then number two, I think coming off of direct experience to run media, I think helped us a lot. And then lastly, it's like what you guys said in the beginning too, like this is not hard to sell. Right. The, the, the problem is, is, is getting more people to consume it. 
right? I can, we can get, if you give me $50, $60 CAC, I'll get you unlimited sales. Right. The problem is, is getting a $150 LTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's, Makes that's sense. Sort of yeah. a good thing. So next question, I think one of the main reasons I wanted you guys together on this episode is you two are some of the best builders in public. Uh, you've been doing it really since day one. Um, and folks have generally said to me, you either need, if you don't have a content engine, you need to acquire one or you need to build one. And obviously this is <laughs> building one. We'll see how that goes. Um, but you guys have successfully really weaved together your personal brand and your professional brand. And I think in a world where you have some people who are sort of cagey of like what's working for them and their secret sauce, you guys have really, you know, been on it. Like just ruthless about like everything that's going wrong, everything that's going right. Here's my secret. Here's what's not working. Like here's what we learned, stuff like that. And so, what's the bull case for building in public, and why do you think people should do it? For me, like when I started, it was out of necessity. Right. I I didn't have venture-backed friends. I didn't know barely knew what Shopify was. I didn't know what venture capital was. It's a kid from a farm with a four-way volleyball net. (laughs) And so the only way I knew how to do it was just post on LinkedIn and share my story. And at first it'd be 10 people that would like it, then it was 50, then it's 100, then it's 1,000. And it just grew and it was, hey guys, this is what's going on for us and this is how we're expanding. And I just posted that story because like, I have so many friends and people I've met in my life that are just stuck at their their full-time jobs. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I know, because they tell me every day how miserable they are and that they have an idea, but they're too scared to launch it because maybe they just don't want to- Failure. They don't want to risk the- what could happen, what could go wrong. So instead, they text me and say, hey man, uh, only 42 more years till I can retire. It's like, it's just like, it's, rough. it's yeah. sad. So yeah, like, it's tough. And it's not saying one life is better than the other, but like, right. I just want to empower people to at least take a chance on themselves. Cause you can always go back to your other job. I totally. can always go get a job at Uber again. So start I've always Uber felt Eats. that way. Yeah. You know, yes. you could always go back Especially with a college degree, like I also mean, with all the people you learn along, yeah. you meet along the way. Like, if anyone's company went boom, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's my first hire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like the way I think about it is like I think this whole concept of regret is just like such a disgusting thing, and I, I don't, I never, thankfully, I'll never have that for myself. But I don't want that for my friends, and I also don't want other people. So, like, it's really empowering to get people to like even just in the comments or writing back to my newsletter being like, yo, thank you so much. This is really resonating. And this is like right. helping me start my company. Yeah. Makes me feel good. Even if there's no, not even if they're not buying CrossNet, maybe yeah. they're sharing it in a conversation. Maybe they know the program director at the YMCA and makes a suggestion. Totally. Cause he read my newsletter and it struck this like, so it's building up that, that good feel good. And also just yeah, goodwill. Yeah. It's, it's just goodwill. And it, it just works. And it's just like who I am as a person. Cause like, who the fuck am I? I grew up in a farm in Connecticut and now we're in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of why I've been doing it. And it just, then I ended up connecting with the buyers and they're seeing that story. And then right, they're right. you yeah. know, so. What about you, Ron? Yeah, I think um, I can echo a lot of what uh, Chris, uh, Chris said. I, I think um, for me, I think there's mainly two things. One was, I feel like there is this, when we started the brand, there was this a lot of like secrecy. Right, like, oh, dude, I figured it out. Like, I, I know how to run ads. Like, I can't tell you though. Right. I'm not gonna tell you anything, right? Or mm-hmm. I, I have a supplier. I can't let you. I can't let you figure out. Who right, my right? packers fire. Yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. and my three PL is so good, but I can't tell you who it is. And I'm just like, wait, that sucks. That like, yeah, yeah sucks because so I'm gonna like, figure it out. But like, why are you doing this? And so I was like, what if we went completely the other opposite side, like just share it all, right? 
what's really going to happen? Are you going to start another Obvi? Cool. To be honest, that's going to help our category. Yeah. Right. Like, it's in a way, because now there's even more. You're going to expose it to more people. So more people know about collagen. They're going to look for collagen. Overall trickle effect. It's our job to market yeah, it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for paying for all those yeah, people. Exactly, yes. exactly. Um, yeah. So I uh, went with that one theory. And then number two, I think, was I feel like this is definitely not the last thing I'm going to do. So personal brand, right. selfishly speaking, for Ash, Ankit, and I is very important to grow at the same time because obviously is one of the many things we hope to do. Yeah. The last question in a stop three here was... Um, really the evolution from D to C to retail. Uh, and so I'm curious how that's changed your respective businesses because it's really almost like a full reset and restart. And like, at least you're armed with everything you learned while you were scaling direct to consumer. But I'm just really curious, and I think a lot of people are curious, is like, what has had to change as you thought about having retail where, you know, people aren't getting all that education and support that you've been building online. And, and so can you just talk about that transition for your respective organizations? Yeah. For us, it was always important because, like, I wanted to be sold wherever sports were sold. Right. If you're going to the beach, you're on your Martha's Vineyard vacation for two days, you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, you pick up a bottle on that. Right. And so it was important for us to be in that category. And the nice thing that worked with us is that our game is pretty innovative. Mm. Uh, and it's a very stale category, like I was talking yeah, about before. It's true. So the buyers have always been super receptive. Even just cold DMs like, yo, I got this dope four-way volleyball game. Yeah, it yeah, would yeah. look sick in your category. And they're like, yeah, it actually would look sick. Right, like, yeah. you're absolutely right. Also so. just being super authentic in the DMs. Yeah. 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 I do the same thing. <laughs> where I'm like, I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. It might be just a curse word or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, dude. So that's worked really well with the buyers and also I mean it's translating to sales like we haven't got kicked out of any stores yet so right. and they, they keep ordering hey dude nice. god bless that's a so rare thing good. to say yeah. I feel like yeah. none so, of the hard resets uh, we but it does allow you to think about things in a, a different light because you do need operations specialists to print the labels one horror story I always share like the first time we sold them to Dick's we had the label off by like bro two inches there's like a $45,000 chargeback Oh. On like a five hundred thousand dollar order, it's just like so petty. And what's yeah. a explain a chargeback real quick? A chargeback is when Dix is supposed to pay you five hundred k in sixty days, and they pay you for five hundred minus. I'm not gonna do math on the spot. Minus yeah. that. <laughs> four fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> and you're out. You don't you don't get the money. And uh, it's, it's why do you get a chargeback? You, because the label's in the wrong spot, or you don't wrap the truck on the at the right time. Just stupid, petty Right. And you have to have a full-time employee that has to read routing guides all day long and does stuff to make sure you're compliant. Right. But it's just so annoying. And it, it really hurts your cash flow when, oh, you're, yeah. when you get a 50K chargeback that you aren't expecting. Especially so you if you've spent that money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah. no, it's been good. But also on the, on the flip, hand, flip side of things, it allows us to become much more predictable when we're like, building our 2023 model right because i already have all of my pre-orders in from all of my retail accounts last november so i could uh, i mean assuming that they order everything they say they're going to order which is also another conversation but i know i'm going to make x amount of money from retail this year i can now build out my operating model yep. around that and it also have stretch goals for that's my sales yeah that's that's a good point so, well, predictability it's yeah. like you're getting a po i'm getting like, a po i know my margin this is my opex right. how do i build a model that's profitable yeah and then how do i build a stretch goal and what happens when we hit those stretch goals yeah, yeah, it absolutely. helps a lot yeah helps a lot so that's what we're leaning into this year is like amazon and uh and the b2b side right and dc is like our lowest channel Got so it. Amazon's number two and b2b's number one it's crazy you so. spend like years focusing on dc and then it <laughs> goes boom yeah <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Everybody, everybody, gotta so, follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta follow the money. Ron, what about you guys? Um, so I, I, for us, uh, retail is the biggest challenge in the world. Like, right. we are so bad at it. Um, in the sense of like, there's so many things we didn't know when we did our first retail rollout, which was Vitamin Shop. Um, and like, if you look at our packaging, there are little things that we never even caught. Like, our logo is so damn small, you don't even know what the brand is. Okay? At least, I mean, this looks good on shelf though. It looks good on shelf. But that's all it is. It looks good. Yeah. You're not picking it up and buying it because it doesn't tell the full story. Like, why is it a protein, right? Why isn't it just called collagen, right? Or like, why is the, the logo, why is the brand smaller than the product name, right? Like, there's so many things we didn't catch. So Vitamin Shop was actually, has been, I think we're a very average brand there. Like, we're like, we're not going to be kicked off. We're, they're renewing us, but right. we are not like, crushing. we're not crushing. Yeah. Right. Um, now, like, because we got to learn from it and not have to, like, lose a lot of money from learning, the, the Walmart rollout we have nationwide in August, I think we're doing a top, like, Walmart nationwide, August. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, even if you see our logo there versus this, we've, we're, we're in the midst right now of a complete refresh. Right. Um, and, and it's all because we're going to Walmart. So the so the, what I'm what I will say is is the impact retail can have on your brand is like you'll literally reconsider everything yeah. for it, yeah. and I and I don't think that's a, there's a right or wrong answer here. I think you have to do what works for you. What we did with Vitamin Shop was okay. This is working on D 2 C. It should work here. It didn't. Right. We're very average. Completely different game. Completely different game. Now with Walmart though, we're gonna be way more prepped because like we're changing everything. It's exactly. the whole thing. Yeah. So. It's big learning there. And do you think you're going to fully change both the DTC and the Walmart? We have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And that's... Because eventually that needs to become a bigger a part pill, of the yeah, business, yeah. right? That was a pill to swallow. Um, but we've realized if we want to crack 50 million or like 50 to that $100 million range, you have to do retail. Right. If you want to do retail, our packaging has to change and our branding has to change. And if we want to change packaging and branding, it has to change on D to C too. So you you reverse back out of what your your end exit goal is, and if you realize you have to do these things, then you have to get ahead of it. Yeah, makes sense. I think it's also really important that you learned with Vitamin Shop yes. before Walmart. Oh my god! Like, you talk to all these people and oh they're like, god. "Oh, I want to be in Target tomorrow." Like, no, no, you need no, to start no. at door location. Yes. So true. And yes. I mean, people being like, "I'm rolling out nationwide." It's like. And this is their first retail execution. I'm like, that's actually probably the, the worst, worst thing, thing, thing you can do. do. I was really upset. I was, not upset, but I wasn't too happy that Walmart was rolling us out nationwide. Yeah. Because it was like, it's not what we asked for. Yeah. Right, right. But it was, right. they just see so much excitement in the category right now, so they wanted to do it. But now it's like, it's, you got to support it. You got to yeah. support it, yeah. but it's like, it's a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So, stop four on our route today is um, the tongue in cheek. Uh, version of the hot seat, which we're calling the hot box hot today. Box. I love it. <laughs> so it's going to be sort of a this or that. Um, Could call it hot wheels. <laughs> hot wheels? Uh, it's going to be a this or that focused game where I'm going to give you two things in as quick as you can. You pick the one that's more appealing to you or right, you identify better with. So um, we'll do Chris and I'm going to ask the question you're both going to answer. Chris, we'll have you go first. Ron, you go immediately after. Okay. You guys ready? That's yeah. It. All right. <clears throat> we still need to figure out a sponsor for this. Yeah. Segment. <laughs> some really good low-hanging fruit. <clears throat> we sold six million our first year and did eighty million dollars in sales last year. That's what the COO of Adventure Challenge, a longtime customer of Shipobs, shared with Shipob the other day. 
The pace of growth for Adventure Challenge has been insane, but it wasn't all positive. It started with a failed crowdfunding project. Then investors assured them that their business would fail. They raised zero dollars in outside capital. And it somehow only took a few years to hit $80 million in sales. They started off fulfilling all orders themselves. They'd have U-Hauls packed with thousands of products, making endless trips from their storage unit to the post office. It was not scalable. It was definitely hurting their growth. It definitely wasn't fun. That's when ShipOb started their partnership with Adventure Challenge. By being able to focus on growing the business and product development, sales took off like a rocket ship. While Adventure Challenge initially focused on D2C sales, their popularity started driving other conversations. They started to stock several hundred smaller boutiques across the country, then Francesca's, then Kohl's. And while they're based in California and most of their customers are in the U.S., the word of mouth and viral videos on TikTok and Instagram started driving demand around the world. So then they started filling orders out of Canada, and then the U.K., and now Australia. From a failed Kickstarter and getting $0 in outside investment on day one to over $80 million in revenue, Adventure Challenge has defied the odds and built a global powerhouse brand alongside their partnership with ShipOb, who's there to help you completely unlock your brand's growth. Read the entire story at shipop.com forward slash adventure dash challenge. Coffee or tea? Tea. Coffee. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sunset. D2C or DTC? T. T. <laughs> Neat or messy? Neat. Neat. Corgi or golden retriever? Uh, corgi. Golden retriever. Winter or summer? Summer. <laughs> Winter. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> Tennis or golf? Tennis. Golf. Pineapple pizza or candy corn? Oh, God. <laughs> Pineapple pizza, Candy corn. <laughs> Live music or DJ? Live. Live. Advertisement or advertisement? Ad- the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one. <laughs> Lemon space or underwater? Uh, space. Space, I hate fish. <laughs> Fight one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? One horse-sized duck. One horse-sized duck. <laughs> Sweet snacks or salty snacks? Sweet. Sweet. Call or text, or I probably should text. add the random audio messages. Voice out. note. Voice note. Oh, day. <laughs> um, reading or writing? Reading. Reading. Work remote or work on-site? On-site. Do laundry or do the dishes? Laundry. <laughs> Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok? LinkedIn. Twitter. Uh, dancing or people watching? Dancing. People watching. Cocktails or beers? Cocktails. Feel too hot or too cold? Feel too cold. Too hot. You get one animal to protect you against a horde. Who wrote this? <laughs> against a horde of zombies. Are you picking a gorilla or a grizzly bear? Uh, grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. <laughs> Give up bread for life or cheese for life? God, red. Oh, jeez. Yes. <clears throat> air guitar or air drums? Air guitar. Air guitar. Board games or video games? Video games. Board games. Fifty dollars on red or black? Black. Black. Start early, leave late. Leave late. Leave late. Yeah. <clears throat> Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Fiction. Where you travel next? Europe or Asia? Europe. Europe. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown. Rich and unknown. As we built in public, literally all. Playlists or podcasts? Playlists. Playlists. Cardio or weights? Uh, weights. Weights. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Pancakes. Speak to animals or speak ten languages? Speak ten languages. Animals. Yeah, I think it's animals, animals too. <laughs> Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Netflix. Beach house or lake cabin? Beach house. Do that? Beach house. I've done that. <laughs> Telepathy or teleport? 
Teleport. Teleport. Truck ads or billboards? Don't fuck Truck this ads. Truck ads. <laughs> <laughs> Receive good news or bad news first? Bad news, bad news first. All right, well, the bad news is we have come to stop five Ooh. on driving performance. transition. But that had to work, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, honestly, this was a lot of fun. Oh, Thanks for dope. joining me today. I, um, I want to quickly give you guys a chance to plug yourself. So where can people find Avi? Uh, where can people find Crossant? And then also where can they find you guys if they want to learn more? Yeah, uh, crossantgame.com. A bunch of major retailers sell it. Follow me on Chris Mead on LinkedIn or Twitter, social Instagram, and also I write a weekly newsletter called Cross Commerce. It's literally about everything we talked about today. Yep. All your fuck ups, all the lessons we're going through, and just trying to help you become an entrepreneur. And what retailers? Uh, we got Dick's, Academy, Shields, Wegmans, Dillard's, Toys R Us, Walmart, Sam's Club. Uh, the list keeps going, but yeah, yeah all those geez. are there. Go wow. get CrossNet. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Obvi, you can find it at myobvi.com. Uh, you can find myself, uh, obviously, on Twitter or Ron Shah on LinkedIn. Uh, just released a podcast called Chew on This, where we do bite-sized D2C commentary about our brand and other things that are going on in the space. So check out chewonthis.io. Um, and uh, you can also find Obvi in Vitamin Shop and then uh, Walmart in August. Cool. Well, uh, let's go take this truck and check out some of those places. Let's do it. Great job. Great job. Great job.